0: What's good, Kevin? What's good, Princess? What? Yo, I got a question for you. You ready? I hope
1: you got a good one today. All right,
0: I do. All right.
1: Don't be wimping out on me with some easy question.
0: I'm going to get you this question, and I want your honesty. All right. What is the worst piece of advice you've been given within the last year?
1: Okay. Well, I'll tell you one thing that pops in my brain Uh quickly is... If you ever watch these master classes, so we got one of these subscriptions uh-huh. to the master classes that you see online. Uh-huh. And so we are getting this new dog, mm-hmm. Hazel. Mm-hmm. And so we were studying all these master classes and they make things seem so easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Quest Love, I was learning DJing uh-huh. from Quest Love. I, then I go start to try and get this little DJ thing and it doesn't work near <laughs> as cool as Questlove makes it. Gotcha. And then the other one was the dog training. You know, they he's got this triangle method of how to body train a dog and uh-huh. it just looks so simple. Sometimes simple advice is not as easy and simple as yes. they sound it.
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That goes to mine. my The worst advice I feel like I've gotten in the last year was somebody told me that Two kids was easier than one, which is different.
1: <laughs> and then
0: said person who will remain nameless also said, you should try to potty train your two-year-old when you have a two-week-old.
1: Okay. I was okay. like, they're
0: like, you should just knock it out. Just go ahead and just do it. it. He yeah. was like, just All do it. You time. should just do it at one time. Just get it done. Yeah. I'm like, this is actually the worst. Advice
1: I've had. Yeah, sometimes just let it ride and just, and just give just yourself a little breathe, a little, breeze, yes. <laughs> <that> little room. <laughs> let me chill. I yeah. would agree that advice was not top tier, but I tell you what, What's today up? we got somebody on the podcast mm-hmm. that has got some advice that yes. we're going to love. And so I say this let's get get it started started. you're listening to irrational kindness hi i'm kevin and i'm princess we work with hundreds of amazing team members at our three chick-fil-a restaurants in canton georgia
0: we lift up the celebrity in every human hey that's you
1: we seek to understand over being understood and prioritize kindness towards yourself and others over everything. everything
0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Irrational Kindness Podcast. I'm Princess, and we are so excited that you are joining us for today's conversation. We have some exciting things to tell you about. But first, as always, if you want to stay up to date with everything going on with Irrational Kindness, you know where to go, irrationalkindness.com. There you can get our audiobook. But today we're talking about hiring. We are in a war for talent, and we have an awesome specialist who is telling us all about it. Her name is Alicia. Ivy. She is the president and CEO of Goldberg's Concession Company. So, if you're at the airport, you have probably eaten some of her food. She also serves as a chairman of Phoenix Drilling Corporation.
1: No, she's awesome. She's on the Reinhardt board. Yes. She's been on the MARTA board. Yes. She's done so many different things in her life. I'm so pumped for you to meet my friend and your friend, Alicia Ivy. Hey, Princess. What's up? We have Alicia Ivy here. Can you believe that? I can't. Yay. I mean, the first time, let me tell you what I know about her. The yep. first time I met her mm-hmm. was really, we've been kind of doing a lot by Zoom, haven't we, Alicia? Yeah, and then we absolutely. were sitting here with, with Reinhardt, both serving on the Board of Trustees at Reinhardt University. Mm-hmm. And I just was in a meeting with her and the wisdom coming out of her Mm -hmm. mouth, the excitement coming out of her mouth, the energy. I'm like, this was just, you're my kind of people. I was just connecting right, right with you (laughs) and knowing, knowing that you're both, we're both in the food business and, and the challenges, the struggles, but also the joy of getting to be in the food business. Mm -hmm. And so it's fun to get to talk to you today.
2: Well, thank you. I I mean, it is absolutely, I'm so humble, as they say, at Chick-fil-A World, my pleasure to be here. I get to say (laughs) the Chick-fil-A phrase.
1: Yes, that's so good. I
2: mean, it's awesome to be here with you all today. I mean, I love to spend time talking and just exchanging with good folks and good people all over. And so this is going to be quite a treat So Kevin, Princess, thank you for having me on. You know, I, I was sharing a little bit earlier, Princess and I was talking and it was almost like we didn't want to hang up from talking on the phone mm-hmm. with each other.
1: Well, I'll just be sitting over hanging out with y'all. How's yeah. that yeah, sound? I can just hang out over to the I, side and I learn. I am
0: fine with it because I, so, <laughs> I want to learn so much.
1: Hey, well, when you were younger, did you think you were going to be the CEO of this food business that you're involved in, along with a million other things you're involved yes. with? but uh Did you, did you always want to be in business? You know,
2: it's funny that you asked me that because yes, and I can tell you, uh, this is really a funny story. Now, now I'm getting ready to, to give you a date of how old I am. So My mother (laughs) would not allow me to watch television, but on Fridays, because she put books all around me when, as I was growing up. And so on Fridays, there was only kind of two things that piqued my interest. It was the Incredible Hulk in Dallas.
1: Oh, Dallas. Okay, yeah. You remember
2: Dallas, you know, yes. J.R. Ewing and, you know, the, the family who was in business. And I was in awe about watching, you know, this business family and all this. And so I just knew. I was like, you know, I might like this business kind of thing. And then on the flip side, on some Fridays, then there would be Diana Ross and Liberace that would come on on Friday. Mm. And so that's where I got my love for sparkle stuff from Liberace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just I just had to be glamorous because Donna Ross. So now you get it. You know, you got yeah. the you've got the Donna Ross glamour, you've mm-hmm. got the Liberace sparkle. And now you want to go into business of so boom. That's what I want to be when I grow up, right?
1: Wow! It's a combination of Jr. and Liberace. Now that's a combo (laughs) I've never heard. Seriously, Jr. and Liberace is awesome.
2: But it goes to show you the power of what when children are growing up, what they see. Sometimes, if you if you're not careful what you're looking at can inspire you to go into whatever direction that there is, you know? Mm. And so I'm so thankful. My mother said, okay, you can only watch television once a week. And so Mm. from that point, you know, my mom was a person who always went to conventions and always took me everywhere. And so one of the first places that I went when I was eight years old, was a franchising show. Okay. And so my mom went and she was interested in franchises. She just went because she saw a commercial and I was there watching people and they were doing all of their, you know, seminars and different things. And I was learning even as a child about these various franchises and looking at things and, and piquing my interest. And so, you know, business started twirling in my mind. And so my first small business as a child at 14 was a magazine that I came up with called Miss Black Teen Magazine because I was Whoa. so frustrated that I couldn't find a magazine with people yeah. that looked like me that could give advice like me yeah. and so uh you know we got together in high school and we created a magazine and so that was my first entree into trying my hand at business.
1: You started right out bold, didn't you? You had the JR and Leverach. You're like, let's <laughs> let's yeah. go for a magazine.
2: Right. And wow. so I it was funny because I didn't really know how to do it. And so what I did was I got a magazine and I looked and I said, oh Conde Nast people, they are publishers. So I got on the phone as a young girl. You know, back then we didn't have like, you know, princess. Now, you know, you can Google the numbers and everything. Mm-hmm. So I had to call information and look in the yellow pages. Oh, wow. I'm telling you, I'm dating myself now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I called Conde Nast.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I even wrote Oprah a letter. And Whoa. at this time, Oprah was it, as large as Oprah was. And I sent it to her FedEx and she wrote me back. Wow. I was so amazed, right? And so um, that was kind of my first entree and uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, you learn a lot, but the thing that if you ask anybody who went to school with me, even back in the day, I took a briefcase to school and I wore small heels because I was very set At on being. School? Yeah, that, that was, in cool. fact, that's the only thing my mom and I had a little, a little falling out about. She's like, why you gotta wear these little small heels to school? You know, and wow. I and I I didn't take a backpack. I took a briefcase. That's what I wanted to do. I felt like if I was in my uniform, you know, I was getting my mind focused to what I wanted to do. So
1: even then, did you always feel empowered as your family and friends to try this endeavor, like yeah. starting a magazine? Did you feel empowered, like
2: yeah, my mom and my dad, you know, um, they were you know they were very supportive. You know, very, very supportive. As you're growing up, you know, people are like, what are you doing? Because everybody else is kind of doing other stuff, you know, as you're younger. And they're doing mm-hmm. other things. And so my mind was part creative and part business mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I kind of came up with the Miss Black Teen because I found a need. And then mm-hmm. you have to be able to execute. And so that was the first time when I really dug down deep into to try. And so um that was my first stab at business. I received a few awards for being a youth entrepreneur um nationally, wow. even then. Wow. And it's been so long ago.
1: What an incredible thing you have in you that yeah. said, you know, here's something where I'm not being represented. Mm-hmm. You were doing this at a really young age. I'm not being represented in the marketplace and I'm gonna fill that void and, and get to go down that. Yeah. You know, that's that was a brave uh a brave thing. Yeah. Did you feel pushback from people in society or people that were around you?
2: You know, at the time it, it really it really didn't dawn on me because you know sometimes when you're doing things, you just you know, for me I'm just so focused about it. And at first I think uh when I was talking To people who were in the industry, they were they were just kind of amazed at how old I was first because I could get on the phone and talk with them. And obviously I was much younger. I guess at that time I could articulate what my uh, vision was and what I was attempting to do. And so I didn't receive a whole lot of pushback. But one of the things that I learned is, is that I had to have some good people skills because We had a modeling division. And so I I would pull some of my high school classmates, you know, and they were models for us. Uh, And so, of course, um, and I don't know if you all remember this, but the older lady who was a 100 years old that President Obama, uh, when he first got into office, he celebrated. Well, she was the one who allowed us to have our first studio behind her home. Whoa. And and that was then. And so we were, we were so elated because she had this kind of studio guest house and she said, okay, as long as you guys clean up, you know, we'll allow you to use it as a studio. So um, one of my classmates who is now in the film industry was uh, our photographer and we had two of them and they were our photographers. They were teenagers as well. And so it was all a team, team production, Whoa. but, our parents came along and they watched us. They watched us and made sure we were, you know, behaving and doing everything right. So we brought all our clothes. We did all this stuff. And it was really fun. It was very fun back then. And then we had our writing division, you know. And so that requires you to have a level of organization. Because again, you know, we're teenagers. We have to balance that. So it was, it was fun. It really was fun. I mean, and now that I'm talking about it, because I haven't really thought about it in, in a while. It was quite a thing because I look at 14 year olds now and I don't know how that happens now or if it happens now.
1: Well, I find it beautiful that you just made a phone call to Conde And then here you are writing Oprah and you're just, you don't see these walls in front of you. Have you always just like, there may be a wall, but I'm just going to find a a perspective around it or I'm just going to go through it. Is that something that's been uh, in you as you've kind (laughs) of even developed today into the present CEO, you know, of of all you're doing at the airport and your different food ventures? I
2: think um, for me, I just think that people are people mm. and you have to be prepared. You know, mm. if you're prepared, then give it your best shot. What I've learned though today is, is that even if it's not a yes, it is a no. Sometimes you have to lose to win. And so it consistently prepares you for the next level of success. And I keep that in mind. Every time there's someone that says, you know, we're not interested, maybe it's not the right time. Then I go back and regroup and say, what could I do better? How can I make this better? It is my craft. I almost liken it to a performer, you know, like when you see someone like Beyonce or Michael Jackson or Venus and, uh, and Serena, when they hit that ball again and again and again, every time, all the time. It's the same thing in business. You've got to go back again and again and again, homing your craft because
0: mm.
2: it makes you better. It makes you sharper. You just you don't settle. And so um, even if there is someone or it's not the right time and they say, mm, no, not right now. I just never considered it offensive. I just said I needed to go back Press the reset and and do better. I think that that's something that I developed over the time period. Because, and and, and honestly, my mother always told me too. She said, everybody's not going to say yes to you. You're going to get no's. The world is not going to be rolled out to you on a silver platter, on a platinum platter. You're gonna to have to work for it.
0: That's awesome. I, I kind of want to hear about just your experience as an African American woman. You're literally pioneering so many of these playing fields from the the drilling company mm-hmm. to being a CEO. Like what it what was that like? Have you faced challenges? Was it difficult? Just kind of speak to that experience.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, and yes. Underlined in red, highlighted in yellow.
0: Yes, it was all of those things. (laughs) Challenging, difficult. Yes.
2: You kind of encapsulated all of that. But I can tell you, um, I started out in in drilling with my father. My father started a drilling firm. I just wanted to do everything dad did, you know. And so I love business and I love the fact that my father you know, started this company. And so, I started it with my dad and alongside went to school at Reinhardt University yes. in the evening ho, ho, as a ho, ho, ho. as a non-traditional student and so imagine balancing act of going and working in the business and going to school in the evenings and so my and my dad was not. I can tell you he was not going to baby me along. I mean, you talk about dump the trash and everything that you do along the way. I did all of that plus some because he was not going going to be spoiled. But along the way, I did not know that I was carving a path for myself in that business. Mm. You know, because I was always very entrepreneurial oriented, you know, and drilling people is very technical. But there are things that I found that could be done to push the business to the next level. Technology, different things that they weren't doing. And I started really taking a very big active approach on an executive level. And so as I moved along in the business, I mean, there were times where I'd go to a meeting. People didn't expect an African-American. I mean, I was asked to pour coffee, you know, and I I was there Mm -hmm. at the meeting. You know, it's just. Things, You know, I think that in some, in, in many respects, sometimes, you know, we can have stereotypes, but we have to educate and we have to be patient and passionate.
1: How do you approach today, you know, um, doing the business that you do mm-hmm. in a challenging labor market? What's, y'all, what's your approach right now in in, a, in an interesting time in the economy and business?
2: Well, first and foremost, we did the work before the pandemic. Hmm. That's interesting. Being good to people before the pandemic paid off for us. And that's why I believe in not putting profit before. Hmm. You know, people don't remember what you say, but they always remember how you make them feel. They really do. Mm -hmm. They remember that. I am one of the few in business in the airport environment that has their office at the airport right in the concourse. And there is a reason for that because I like to be out there every day and I like to understand and know and have an open door policy so that any of my team members can come and see me. Yes, we do have different positions, director of operations, all of that, director of human resources, all of that. But I want you to be able to, if there's some heartburn issue, to speak with me. Mm-hmm. be able to talk first to exchange. I don't limit myself. I'm just flying by the stool. I'm in there seeing how the cooks feel. That's mm-hmm. the, that is the main artery of our business. That is where it begins. You know, we're only good as our last meal. And so we have to make sure that everybody's not only happy, but, you know, I need to understand if there's certain things that are that's really going on, you know, and so... I don't want to get it from a third or fourth-hand source. I want to understand it. And so to answer your question, because we have a hands-on approach, it's almost like your extended family. And mm-hmm. so I'll give you an example. Um, one young man that we had hired always came on time, great team member, but he got a write-up because there was something wrong with his uniform. He wasn't in uniform correctly. The uniform was dirty. I stopped him and I of the phone, and I called the manager. I said, well, did you ask him why was the uniform dirty or what happened? He said, no, that it was just out of the standard." I said, well, I understand it's out of the standard, but we need to understand why. Hmm. Well, what the why was was that the young man, he was helping to care for his mother and his family, and they had had on some very economically hard, challenging times and had just been displaced out of that home. Hmm. We didn't know that. So when we found out, we made sure to step in. We were going to make sure that he had a place to stay and that we helped the family. Now, why do I say that that's important to do? Because sometimes, you know, it's not just about following that, brand guideline or that standard we've got to peek in and understand what's going on with the person because Mm -hmm. people are our most important resource now that young man he is a person that is always with us no matter what it is rain, shine, sleet or snow, tornado, typhoon doesn't matter because Mm -hmm. we we believe in him Mm -hmm. we believe in his family now, I would shudder to think of how many people go through situations where people don't take an active approach to say the why. You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so it's important to me to understand
0: the why. Gosh, that's awesome. That's good. Man, did you learn some?
1: I learned I learned <laughs> a ton. I just want to tell you thank you. Yes, uh, thank thanks you. for taking time for us today to teach us. Yes. And uh, and you know, like I said, what you do to Reinhardt University. Mm-hmm what you're doing as a uh, female business yes. person, what you're doing as a, a black woman today mm-hmm. in the business world, what you did as a 14 year old starting the
0: Pioneering. Miss <laughs> Black Teen Magazine. Yes. Can I get that description scri- to that yes. today or no? Wow. That's what I said. I lose
2: the win. That one, didn't, that one didn't, it didn't quite make the mark all the way. That's okay. <laughs> you know, that's, you okay. Know, that's what prepares you. You know you start out yeah. and you learn and, and it, It helps you to build your craft. It really does. You know, and I just want to make sure to say this. Whatever you do, just know that there are some simple things that you can do to really make a difference in your entrepreneurial path or your professional path, whichever one Hmm. that there is. And just remember, people work with you because they believe in you and they Hmm. know that you're going to follow through. Mm -hmm. So always say, please, always say thank you. Remember, people don't remember what you say sometimes, but they always remember how you make them feel. They always will remember that. And so treat people with respect and dignity. You never know who's watching you when you're working and when you're Mm -hmm. doing what you do. And so always keep yourself in the best light possible and do well everyone, but please never forget that people are first and your community is first. Always Mm -hmm. remember that. You will not go wrong with that. You just
1: won't Mm -hmm. go wrong. So awesome. Mm. I mean, I think it all starts, Princess, Mm -hmm. with the Incredible Hulk. I think her bad to the bone starts with Incredible Hulk. Yeah. You throw in a little JR from Dallas. Come on. You throw in Liberace. I mean, what a – some Diana Ross. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mix it all up, and that's what you get right there. You get a bunch of awesomeness. And really learned a lot from her Mm -hmm. about the way she approaches hiring. The real challenge today, they've been prepping for this, Mm -hmm. but also they're inventing today too. Yes. And still thinking fresh. They're thinking a mountaintop down the road that they're going to climb and they're on a journey, not just on what they're doing today, but where they're going in the future. Yes. And a lot to learn from her. Yeah.
0: And the biggest thing that they're keeping in front of them, how do we care for our people? People are our most valuable resource. And I feel like with that as the almost the lamp to guide their feet, of course they can scale that mountain or whatever crisis comes um, any, any of our way. So that was an incredible conversation. If you want to learn more about Alicia, check out irrationalkindness.com. Go get the audiobook, rate it, listen to this podcast and rate it. It's going to be awesome. But until next time, stay kind, be irrational. We out.
1: Gotta get in while you can. Gotta get out while you can. Gotta get in while you can. Gotta get out while you can. Play your cards right, middleman. Play your cards right, middleman. Play your cards right, man. And check again. Check your gauge Check your gauge Check your gauge